0: Hey, Sam. Hey, Don, what's up? What's the word
1: think? Hmm. What do you think of when you think of the word think? That's very meta, Don. Is it thoughtful,
0: honest, intelligent, necessary, and kind?
1: Where'd you hear that? I I heard heard it through the the grapevine. grapevine. Welcome. It's the AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour, featuring the collected voices of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm Don, an alcoholic in Greensboro, North Carolina. You sure? I mean, uh, hey, Don, I'm Sam.
0: (laughs) Hey, everybody, I'm Sam. I'm an alcoholic in Palm Springs, California.
1: You're part of my collection. I'm
0: (laughs) I'm a collectible. I want a bobblehead now.
1: Yeah, I'm going to Google you later and we'll put a value on it. (laughs) Don, what's going on? Sam, do you think people who are not alcoholic think the same way that you and I do? Absolutely not. Their thinking is just totally messed
0: up. My thinking is completely normal. (laughs) I agree 100%. My reactions, for instance, to things are just, I think, different. Yeah. And, you know, part of it is like, if I could take a drink just to take the edge off and that wasn't going to lead to my life exploding, then, you know, that would be fine. And there's lots of people in the world who can do that, but that's not an option for me. So the fact that my thinking is different and I can't take a drink to like ease my brain, you know, I I do have different thinking and I've an example that comes to mind. Years ago, I traveled internationally for work, and I was very lucky that I got to go to an AA meeting everywhere I went. That was an absolutely wonderful experience, and I would do it as early in the trip as I could because something always gets in the way. For example, like where did you travel? The time that comes to mind, I was in uh, Hyderabad, India. Mm -hmm. The client really got ticked off at me for a really small thing. It just got me. I stayed in a hotel and the hotel was the client. The hotel paid for all our food. Well, I ate something out of the mini bar as a meal one day. And as I was going through the hotel bill, I circled the candy bar and he went off on me about that. And it just, I was livid about it. You know, I kept myself contained and my composure with him. But when I got back to my room, It was eating me alive. Injustice. It was, yeah, I was like, this was not stupid. It was a meal. But I saw his point too of like, you're nickel and diming the client. It was a candy bar. And I'm like, yes, you're right. What I did was I went down to the front desk. I paid for the candy bar. But if I didn't take care of it, this was going to continue to fester in my thinking.
1: And you'd want to
0: drink. Yeah. Or I'd want to, I'd wind up being a jerk or, you know, whatever my processing of this situation was going to go out of control if I didn't do a 10th step on it, if I didn't promptly clean up something as soon as I
1: realized it. Yeah. That was step work there. The problem that I learned is of being an alcoholic, even as long as I've been sober, it will come to mind that if I drink, I can get out of this feeling. Mm. And that's what alcoholic thinking is. And that's what people who are not alcoholic don't do. So I hesitate to bring it up because it's kind of sad, but that's what happened today. We put our 17 year old cat down this morning. Mm. It was time had to be done. And my wife and I were sitting on the porch afterwards. You know, is grief is just over. I just go, Oh, God, what I'd like to get out of this. And I remembered a speaker, she was talking at an AA meeting. She was talking about her roommate whose cat died. She was comforting her roommate and saying, Well, you know what you need to do is get a bottle of wine and get in a tub. And just you can drink that wine, and sit in a hot tub, and help you process this and get over it. And her roommate uh, said, No, I think I'll go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> That's some contrary thinking there. <laughs> That's the difference between an alcoholic and someone who's not an alcoholic, whose natural reaction is I'm going to get out in nature and go, or you know, and process my feelings and that kind of way. The alcoholic, me, for example, that makes a lot of sense. Get a bottle of wine. So <laughs> I remember the speaker and I said to my wife, let's go for a walk. And we went for a, about an hour walk all through the park. It was beautiful weather. The air was crisp. It was great. Cleared my head. We talked about our cat and all the good times that we had with her. And it worked. It was not an alcoholic response. Yeah, And I'm so grateful that I have the years of going to meetings so that I could hear that message and know that no matter what, the uh, feelings that come up or problems of the day, whether it's anger or grief or whatever it is, I don't need to turn to alcohol to f- fix it. For one, it won't work. That's step one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the more that we focus and live this life of recovery, the more apt it is that when that moment comes the right thing actually comes to mind i don't know what it's necessarily going to be i wouldn't have normally thought like well i'm going to go 10th step this thing i'm going to go clean up this bill and take care of that you wouldn't have gone for a walk but those things we had prepared ourselves for that's right hey today we're talking to becca a about their story in the january 2022 issue of the grapevine magazine it's on page 24. Uh, the story is, I got my life back. And uh, let's get to know Becca a bit.
2: My name is Becca, and I am an alcoholic. I was just calculating, coming up to four and a half years sober. So mid-January will be four oh. and a half years I am in Gatineau, Quebec, and I have a lovely home group called the Sisters of Sobriety. So SOS for short, which SOS. I love. SOS. Cool. Nice. We,
0: we are clever
1: like people, that. aren't we?
2: Aren't we? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Becca, what happened to you that made you decide to try Alcoholics Anonymous?
2: Well, you know, it's that's a really good question because I stopped drinking in July and I started going to Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous in October. So it was there was a period of three months there where I was doing it on my own. And, you know, it was working, I wasn't wanting to drink, but there was just something that was missing, it felt like and I had a friend who I hadn't spoken to in a number of years come kind of reappear around this time. And she went, I've gotten sober, like, do you want to come to a meeting with me? And it was just really, you know, such perfect timing in my life for her to come back and kind of introduce it to me because I, I don't know if I would have, you know, at that point gone figured it out and gone on my own. So I had someone there to show me to, you know, which I think is a wonderful gift as a friend, someone, you know, and you trust to bring you to a meeting. Uh, so that's what happened. I first went to her celebration meeting. So, you know, I got to look around and be like, Hey. <laughs> everyone's just like me, you know. We're, wow. There's that oh, fear yeah. at first, right? Where you're just like, "Oh, I don't know what to expect. I don't know anything about this." Or everyone's going to know I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> you know? that, yes, that, that that fear that we, you know, a lot of people have going into it. So I had her. Uh, take me to to, two very different ones. Um, And they were uh, men's men and women together. And then just based on my schedule, I found one that worked for me that, you know, we just went up being women only. And it's been my group ever since. So it was really a friend uh, introduced me to it. And I I am so grateful.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. I love how you you talked about, you know, being afraid that they're all going to think I'm an alcoholic or they're all going to know it. And, you know, when I was a drunk, I hung out with alcoholics because those were my people. (laughs) well it's the same thing sober I'm just
1: hanging out with sober alcoholics because those are my people yeah did you have any reservations about AA did you know anything about it
2: I didn't know anything about it I mean other than like you know why you would be there but I didn't know anything about how a meeting like sort of rolled or or how it was structured my first you know meeting that I went to with a friend was it was a speaker meeting so it was a little different than how our meetings my 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 home group meetings go so it was and then you know the, the second meeting I went to was a huge one with like I felt like a hundred people were there and it was a huge room and you know totally different again from my home group which winds up being about 20 to 25 people. So it's interesting because I kind of had a few different takes on it before I went to the one I went alone. Um and you know I didn't know anything about what to expect. I just you know, I just knew that it was where I should be. I was terrified. I was so, so scared of walking in that room. And like everyone knowing, again, like I said, like I was an alcoholic, but it's, which is so funny because everyone in there is an, <laughs> an
0: alcoholic. Yes. yes. Um, and yet we was, all are afraid to walk in.
2: Well, yeah, exactly. It's the, I know I, I hear that over and over again, but I wasn't afraid to go the second time. Cause yeah. I, now I know, right. Like now I know it's a comfortable, safe, welcoming, place where you're just like, oh yeah, like this is where I'm supposed to be. It was that immediate, like within that first meeting, I was like, yep. (laughs) You know, so it was and
0: you know I didn't know
2: anything. I knew everything by the end of it. I was like, yep, that's enough to know this is where I needed to be.
0: Well and that's one of the cool things about that's probably not a right choice of words to say about dealing with the pandemic, but the implementation of Zoom within AA Mm -hmm. has been a fantastic thing because it has provided access. To so many people mm-hmm. to be able to come to a meeting. You know, it's, it's that half step, I guess, as a way to put yeah. it. it's, it, yeah. I don't have to be in the room with a bunch of people. I don't even have to turn my camera on, at least in most meetings. Yeah. Idea. Zoom has, really, you know, to not, because otherwise
2: you don't have any idea like what, you know, this is what we do first. I mean, in general, right? This is what yeah. we do first. Then this happens, and then this happens, and then whatever. I mean, I remember when I had to like, introduce myself. I was like, huh? What? Like, Oh, oh no, yeah. like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say, you know, all these things. But you know, I think the zoom has been a fantastic thing because it's been, you know, people who are maybe a little more hesitant. I just go look, j- jump in, see what it is. Listen, just get an idea of what it's about. Like get that without having to like go somewhere.
1: Yeah, it's a a try it on thing. Yeah. Well, Becca, you said that you were worried people would know that you were an alcoholic, even though everybody in AA is an alcoholic. And I experienced that as well. Put into words, what is the problem with being an alcoholic? Where, Where does this come from, this feeling of being ashamed of being an alcoholic?
2: Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've thought about that for years now really is like, where does that come from? Where does that, and you know, what is it, what generates that, what propels that? Because, you know, it's celebrated to be hungover or drunk or like I'm tipsy or whatever. So why, why is there like this very fine line that you can't, as soon as you cross over, it's back. Right. Like if you drink too much, like and you're now I have a, a drinking quote unquote problem, like, well, now, oh, too bad. But like you can, you can dance around that. I'm drunk, I'm hungover, all these things, but then that's all fine. But as soon as you go over that line, it's not. So it's funny because, you know, our society, like we tend to promote you know drinking and it goes along with everything mm-hmm. but as soon as you say like i i don't or i don't think so tonight or whatever it's kind of like oh why like you have a, it's it's the assumption is that you, you if you don't drink or you no longer drink or you have you know you're an alcoholic it's that you have a problem and now you're looked upon as a problem you're looked upon as untrustworthy all these negative connotations that go with that because we haven't destigmatized just being sober in our culture in our society and when it's a negative automatic reaction if you say I'm an alcoholic people are going to think oh well not trustworthy yes I can't you know what did you what happened all these things where you like, your and failure. that's why I thought I wasn't an alcoholic for so long because of all these misconceptions around it. Like I can't be an alcoholic because I don't have a DUI and I didn't go to rehab and I wasn't drinking first thing in the morning. So I, c- I can't be an. Al- it's all these stereotypes that don't help that create that idea of what an alcoholic is. And that's what in general people think. They get it from TV, they get it from movies, what an alcoholic is. So until we kind of break down that idea a little more and, and say, like, you know, this is what it can actually look like, uh, people will continue to associate sort of these negative connotations with it. And that's why where this the shame comes from, because we think we've done something wrong. And like, I didn't do anything. Like, I didn't be like, mm, today, I think I'm going you know, to decide. Yeah. Be- I'm going to
1: be a degenerate in society. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's define what oh, yeah. an alcoholic is, then. What does AA say is an alcoholic? If when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking you have little control over the amount you take, you're probably alcoholic.
0: Yeah. And yeah. you know, one of the mat- that's- things that has to happen, visibility of alcoholics is important, particularly yeah. alcoholics who are in recovery.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sober alcoholics, you're saying sober alcoholics, people mm-hmm. who can, who can normalize exactly what it is that we are going through. You know, the, the the difference between me and the person out there who's, let's say there's there's another Sam out there who's living the exact same life, except he doesn't have alcoholism.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That means all the things that happen in life that he wants to take a drink, that's fine. It's no big deal. And he mm-hmm. may drink heavy at times and things like that, but it doesn't ruin his life. It doesn't send him down the drain. And it's one of those things that for me, I take a drink. I don't know where it's going to end up.
2: Mm -hmm. And that's what I really know why I am totally in love with sharing my story as much as I can, because for so long before I got sober, my worried and thought, like, does anyone else think like this? You know, you guys were talking at the beginning, the difference of thinking and process. And I was like, that's what I was. I was like, does anyone else think about drinking all the time? Like, does yeah. anyone else think about their, like, you know, how much do I have left? When will I get some tonight? Can, do I have to drive later? Da, da, da. It was just this never ending thinking about drinking. And it wasn't yes. the amount I was drinking. And that's the huge misconception. It wasn't the amount I was drinking. I wasn't getting blackout drunk every night. I wasn't, you know, doing all the X, Y, and Z that makes people think of what an alcoholic quote unquote is. I was just always thinking about drinking. And like, well, you know, I was drinking every day, but like I was trying to manage it and like, okay, I won't drink tonight. No, I will because of this. And just nonstop planning and thinking and whatever. And so I now want to be able to say like, you know, I'm an alcoholic and tell people in my life and whoever wants to listen to it, basically, is that I'm an alcoholic because I want people to see people who are in my position know that a young <laughs> Four-
0: <laughs> did you you a- almost did air quotes there? We're yeah, young.
2: I could <laughs> hear young those old, air quotes.
0: But we're
2: young. A young 40-year-old woman who has a job and has kids, and you know, I'm divorced now and it's wonderful and I love it. All these things that are great in my life. And yeah, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, I don't drink. Yeah, it, it's 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 good, it's fine, it's great. I love my life way more now than I did yes. when I drank. Like life is so much better now. I love it. Like, I love it, you know? <laughs> and yeah. I want, so I want people who were who in my position going, I can't be an alcoholic because I'm, I'm not this, this, and this, which makes you think of what an alcoholic is. Like, no, it can be anyone. It can be anyone, any age, you know, any position in life, whatever. And, you know, if you think you have a problem, like you, you might, right? Like, so, and that's what I thought for so long. I was like, oh, like, so now I want to be that look. it's me. And actually life is pretty great now. So I kind of, that's why I'm so open about talking about, you know, my story, uh, these these other ways. So
0: it's a disservice to people who haven't found recovery for me to not make this look attractive. You know, do I, do I have things that happen in my life that I'm not happy about that I don't want to deal with and all that? Absolutely. Of course, my life is not all puppies, unicorns, and rainbows, but (laughs) I have gotten so much better at living life that I'm really
1: happy with what's going on in my life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. I asked at a discussion meeting when I first came in, how do you deal with the shame of being an alcoholic? And the whole room burst into laughter, which struck me as rude, (laughs) 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 hurt my feelings, (laughs) but obviously they weren't ashamed. And and actually, it was the laugh of recognition. Everybody understood the mm-hmm. question, and mm-hmm. one guy said that. Then that's the first time that I ever had heard this. That there's no shame in being an alcoholic. Alcoholism is a disease, and if you have the disease, when you start drinking, you can't quit. Mm-hmm. If you have that, then Alcoholics Anonymous is one way to treat that disease.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, there's no shame in, in having the disease of alcoholism, but it's our behavior that is shameful, and we have to deal with that. And, you know, my behavior, I did some things that were shameful, and I should be ashamed of them, but it's not alcoholism itself. However, I grew up in a family where the very idea of being, and I think it's what you said, Becca, the idea that it's just like a real failure to not be able to control your drinking. And to people who aren't alcoholic, they look at us and go, well, why, don't, why don't you control yourself? Mm-hmm. I can't. I'm an alcoholic. That's true. I mean, you know, we've got a whole other
0: topic that we can talk about for the next 20 episodes, and that is why is our society so focused on having to change the way you think and feel by chemical substances in order to actually survive our society. But Mm -hmm. let's not go there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's time for... sound sign. Heard in a meeting. No, Don, it's hashtag heard in a meeting is where we scour the interwebs for your posts of cool things you've heard in a meeting. Post them on social media with hashtag heard in a meeting. Keeping in mind our tradition of anonymity. Here's what caught our attention this week. These meetings are not a destination. These meetings are the filling stations. Our journey is out there.
2: Mm, I that? like that. Yeah. You know, and that's what I think a lot of my, when I, my meeting, you know, it's, you know, it's it's like a little check-in with a great group of people. I take from it, I give to it. (laughs) I take other people's experiences and stories and lessons and whatever i try to hear when people have feedback about my own or you know obviously they're not crosstalk but like the support you feel you know you get that but i love Mm. that about a meeting like i feel like my tank is filled up when i leave the meeting and i'm I'm ready to go and stronger to get through that next week or whatever until my next meeting it's that's a really good way to look at
1: it yeah that one's pretty fantastic oh yeah i think of my life like uh Maybe I think of my brain as being like a pressure cooker. And, <laughs> and the meeting is where I go to let some of the steam out of the pot so it doesn't blow. And then I'm able to go back out into the real world and have some room for the pressure to build up again. Yeah. again. How about this one? If
0: you think my problems sound bad, wait until you hear my solutions. <laughs> that certainly describes me before sobriety and probably in early recovery too yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) that might be where think 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 comes from that's put on the on the wall so often it's like you know when i first got sober people talked about whatever your first thought is do the opposite At first, that's pretty. That's a, was a pretty good idea for me because my thinking was so screwed up. Now that's not the case. I, I can intuitively handle situations which used to baffle me, mm-hmm. but I still check in with people about it every time. <laughs> Better
0: do that. Yeah. How about this one? Everything can look like a failure in the middle. Yeah. That one I really like. I mean, I can be in the midst of whatever is going on it can be a a project, it can be an interaction or whatever, but in the middle of it, it can look like a failure. And that one has a history for me because I am a quitter. Hmm. I would not finish things. Yeah,
2: for sure. Because, you know, I think, I mean, I'm very hard on myself too. And mm. so when I'm going through something, it's just like, that's it. Like I, you know, it's really hard to see um, that there could be like a solution that I'll come up with or something that'll come out of this. That's good. You know? And then when you get out of it, you go, oh yeah, like I can do things like I can, I did do that. And you feel, you know, pretty good to come out on the other side. And, and I try to take from all of it, a little lesson, a, you know, something I can pull from it and go, okay. I put that in my pocket for next time. So now I try to appreciate the, the value of, you know, all situations, good and bad, whether I think I'm failing or not. I know I'll get, I'll know, I know I'll know i get through it, but it's hard to see it when you're in it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do believe that I can get through anything sober and I'll get to the other side and, th- and everything changes. Everything will work out in the end. And if it's not working out, it's not the
2: end. Hmm. <laughs> I love that.
1: How about this one? I heard this
0: one in a meeting. AA can't prevent me from aging, but it can prevent me from becoming bitter. (laughs) (laughs) Completely. Completely. I turned 51 recently and it's like, I have had this fantastic complaint going on since I turned 50. That's like, I flipped a switch and now my body is falling apart. What's wrong with this? (laughs) And there really was a propensity in me to be bitter at times about yes. things. I love that the people that I'm on this journey with help me to check that. Yes. My experience of being alive is changing. My body is changing. God, uh, we're about to start year three of COVID. I mean, but I don't have to be bitter about it. And when I catch myself, because I'm going to be bitter from time to time, but when I catch myself, I can change it.
2: hmm yeah.
1: My natural reaction is bitterness. <laughs> it actually is. My natural reaction is to find fault and, and disagree with whatever the world is doing. You know, it's not doing it right. <laughs> and it's not going my way. What recovery has taught me. I remember a guy saying early on, why don't you try not having a way for a while? And I was like, <laughs> <heard>, what? What? <laughs> It's the truth. I, you know, I have a very little control over the world. I'm running a really small ranch. It's about three feet around me on all sides. That's the only thing I have control over and I have to let go of the world and react to it. So the whole thing of recovery of training myself with gratitude lists and going to meetings and hearing people talk about how wonderful it is. (laughs) You make it sound so attractive, Don. I <laughs> know when I first went in, I was like, God, these people are so Pollyanna. <laughs>
2: I think that, you know, a lot of the bitterness for me would, I put it back into like almost selfishness, right? And like self-pity, but I've, you know, I catch myself now. Like that's what recovery is. Yes. First of all, like, it's not about you and you that and you can't control it. Like if this is out of your control, then this is out of your control. What can you do in this situation right now? Like that's almost comforting to have come to that realization.
0: It's easier (laughs)
2: It makes it it a lot easier.
0: And what I'm in control of is how I react to what's going on. Yes. Yeah. There's a choice of bitterness or acceptance, but that wiring doesn't stay the same. That has changed over time. It's still there, but it's not as strong as it was.
2: Yeah.
0: Becca, thanks for being here today.
2: Thanks for having me. I loved our conversation.
0: (laughs) Becca, thanks
2: so much. Thank you.
0: One morning, a preacher was completing his temperance sermon. With great expression, he exclaimed,
1: If I had all the beer in the world, I'd take it and throw it into the river. And if I had all the wine in the world, I'd take it and throw it in the river. And if I had. All the whiskey in the world, and take it and throw it in the
2: river!
0: When he was done, he sat down. The leader of the chorus then stood very cautiously and announced with a big smile.
1: For a closing song, (laughs) I sing hymn number 365. Shall we gather at the river? (laughs)
0: it's really not that funny thanks for joining us the aa grapevine half hour variety hour is posted every monday and is produced by aa grapevine inc we don't speak for aa as a whole we share the experience strength and hope of members to help others recover from alcoholism Podcast info, including how to call in, is at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. Find A.A. Grapevine on Instagram and the A.A. Grapevine channel on YouTube. All things grapevine are available at aagrapevine.org. If you want to know more about A.A., Google Alcoholics Anonymous and your city or visit AA.org.